Oh my gosh, you guys, welcome to the Daily Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard. I have been dying to tell you about this episode and I'm so excited it's finally live. Oh my gosh, today we have the beginning of our stories section of the Daily Hype Podcast. And what that means is that, yes, there are gonna be interviews, but honestly, like this is not, I wanna interview somebody who's gonna sell you something, or I'm gonna interview somebody who is just gonna tell you their elevator pitch of how they became who they are and then talk about the most recent thing that they're doing, right? This is really storytelling. This is connecting to humans, hearing other points of view. Um, some people are gonna be doing really cool things and we are gonna talk about that, but I feel like we I wanna go even deeper with people. And I'm a big fan of a long form podcast. And I could not even start to think about who would be a better guest than Sarah York. And half of you were very confused. Who is Sarah York? Why do I care about her? And the other half of you are losing your minds excited that Sarah is back with me doing a podcast because we had a podcast years ago. It was called How to Adult, and the whole premise was that here we are in two completely separate lives. I have the perspective of dating men. Sarah has the perspective of dating women. She was in a serious relationship. I was dating around. I worked in the fashion industry with my curled hair and my heels, and you know, Sarah is not like that. She likes to, we dress differently. We have different lifestyles. Like Everything about us is just so completely opposite, right? And so we brought this really funny perspective to the table while also kind of shedding light that our lives that looked really cool, like we're just much as we're just much of a mess as anybody. So Sarah was working in comedy, doing really cool things in New York City. I was working for really major brands in New York City. And we kind of just wanted to like break through this third wall and say, if you're sitting at home wondering like what you did wrong, like we are just like you. Like we are just you know, doing the best we can and making mistakes along the way. The podcast grew huge and we were getting thousands of listens every week, but Sarah and I were just so different. We were in different places in our life and we had all these different uh, responsibilities pulling us in different ways. So we ended the podcast. And ever since then, people have been saying, please give us a reunion episode. Please give us a reunion episode. So now you get to meet Sarah York or you get to reunite with Sarah York, who I love so much. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. What you're going to hear is my foray back into interview or let's call it like duet style podcasts where Sarah and I just kind of chat for a while about all these different topics that I think are really important. We touch on things about how Sarah worked in corporate America and straight up up and quit her job and moved to New York City, right? Crazy story there. We talked about what it was like living in New York, how we both left New York. We talked about what the restaurant industry actually looks like from an inside perspective in New York City because I think that people don't understand that like you don't need saving in the in the restaurant industry. And we also talk about the restaurant industry in New York as it stands today and ways that we can all kind of band together. But here's the thing is that Sarah and I um, are here bringing this to you, educating you, chatting with you, sharing ourselves. And I'm just so excited that you get to see Sarah York again, that we get to reunite with Sarah. Next week, catch me again on another version of Stories with Somebody New. And last but not least, I have not done a duet style podcast in a minute. 
And oh my God, I was listening back to this and it is painful, painful how much I was interrupting her at times. So don't worry, I get better as the podcast episode progresses. But at the very beginning, Sarah and I are so excited to see each other, so excited to be reunited that it's a little bit messy at the beginning, but I'm glad that you will forgive me and look past that and enjoy the full hour with Sarah because she deserves every single ounce of your attention. She is truly one of my absolute top three favorite people who have ever existed. So I'm so glad that you get to reunite with her or that you get to meet her. Follow her on Instagram at the Sarah York and, and enjoy the next hour with my, one of my best friends, Sarah York. Take it away. This is so nostalgic. And like, Sarah, I'm like gripping my hands together because I'm so excited. I know. But we've already like caught up for like 30 minutes, but like, I'm still so fucking excited because the thing is is that like people get excited about the podcast still yeah I know it was really fun and I although we are recording this obviously remotely uh it's it, it made me so excited I like I have such a visceral memory of like sitting at that little table yes. in your kitchen with Kurt like doing yes. god knows what yes. with the audio his audio equipment like playing with his phone texting some random girl he met at the beach that he's gonna like run off to brazil with or something it is like an all senses memory (laughs) it really is it's amazing sitting at at the chair our headphones could never work yeah never him furiously pissing me off at all times (laughs) just like a total you and kurt were like arch enemies I don't even think, I feel like that's n- nice. Like, yeah, for, I mean, new, for funny, new people listening to this, Kurt was our, uh, I guess you can call him our sound technician. <laughs> yeah. On the previous podcast that we had that was called how to adult and it was fun. And it was, uh, gosh, what is it about four years ago at this point? It, I feel like it even has to be longer than that. Okay. So like what I like to think in my head, which we, mm-hmm. we all know is truth, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, of course. <laughs> you know me um I like to think that we were like the freaks and geeks of podcasts mm-hmm. you know like in, yeah. in before the cool kids were and I feel yeah. like we had like a really obsessed following we did yeah yeah and we For kind like of got into it like almost. not that we were like into it before podcasting was a thing because it certainly was but it wasn't as fucking common as it is now can I say the f word on your podcast I said it first. I don't give a shit. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> I assume <laughs> these are all adults. Word, but... <laughs> I don't think many children are uh, getting getting their feet wet in the entrepreneurial landscape and are listening to your podcast weekly. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> have had to mark. I've just learned that they're just all explicit at this point. Yeah. Like, let's just, you know, make it really easy for everybody. Yeah. Maybe if, if you guys are in the car, the kids can have their headphones and iPads right now while you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Okay, so wait, I do want to talk about how to adult, but I just realized, like, I want you to give you the Sarah York elevator pitch because of I'm how just, to adult. I, yeah, well, no, yeah. you because oh, like me? I would have oh, just God. been like Sarah and I are friends. We had a podcast. Yeah, and yeah, you guys are gonna love her. So yeah, so obviously, uh, you guys probably know a little bit of a background about me. We Ashley and I met years ago um, through a mutual friend and have maintained our friendship this whole time we both lived in new york at the same time for several years ashley was the first person i really 
really like planned my move with, you know, like told that I was moving to New York and then first person I stayed with in New York. Um, and then, yeah, we had a podcast for a couple of years. We, uh, we've just, we've, we've stayed in touch. We've been good friends. I, um, am not super active right now creatively, uh, because of really you're saying that in quarantine, <laughs> you're what not could possibly active? be distracting me from being creative and productive what, right now, other than an apocalyptic be? fucking pandemic. And what is now to tonight, officially the end of the worst presidency in history. But anyway, um, uh. Yeah, I I live in so since like since like the last time we really got together I've since moved to Los Angeles. I live with my girlfriend. Um she works in television and so we're sort of anchored to LA for the time being. And I'm so uh, which jealous is cool. About I'm that. Yeah, it's a cool town. It's it's very strange though moving somewhere. Obviously it would be weird anywhere, but like moving somewhere at the onset of the pandemic because I can't like I I can't go anywhere in this town. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard to appreciate a city when you can't, you literally cannot leave your house. Well, and so, I know that because I moved to St. Louis, but one, I'm yeah. from here. And the other thing is that I moved way later than you. You almost went yeah. thinking like, I'm going to spend March and April here, maybe. Yeah, I thought it was going to be temporary. I left like in the middle of the night with a carry-on uh, <laughs> in, in mid-March, literally. I, I, I booked a flight for like the following morning because- I basically booked my flight from New York the second restaurants closed because that's when my job ended. Right. And got on a plane like the next the next morning. Um with literally it. a carry-on with like, you know, a, some a couple pairs of pants, some shirts. Well, and a lot of people that I knew did stuff. that. You know, they like went to Florida yeah. or went home for a little bit. Or oh, yeah. maybe, you know, even like and I thought it was gonna be like, oh, you know, you know, back when we didn't know shit about all this, we're like, yeah, we oh, thought it was gonna weeks, be like maybe a month or so. Right. Cut to like six months later, and I, I, I did fly back to New York in August to finally actually move out of right. my apartment. It was just sitting there empty. My room was. Um, so I, I paid rent for five months in New York without living there. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now I live in LA. I'm, I'm optimistic you know once things start getting back open and stuff I'm excited to you know obviously hit the ground out here creatively because this is an excellent place to be this in New York is basically where it's at so and when you say um, hit the ground creatively like what is that for you uh I I really want to do another podcast I mean it's um I was on I, I was on a podcast for two years called Diking Out that is still running um uh with a different host situation that's a whole nother fucking story uh but anyway that was a lot of fun um it kind of ran its course with myself and the co-host but um i yeah i just want, i want to get back into that world but it is well and also just for a little bit of context remotely what's yeah, that i said just for a little context too like mm-hmm. you have roots in comedy <clears throat> oh so. yeah definitely like i've done i've done sketch writing i've done um I was in a, a show called The Box for quite some time where I was a staff writer on that. I met a lot of really cool creative people through that. So I do really want to get back into sketch writing as well um, and collaborating with people in that way. Um, it is very limiting when you can't be in the same room with people. There's a certain really? vibe that you're kind of missing. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, who would have thunk? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like that's those are kind of the things that I want to dip my toes back into once we can which god knows when that's going to happen um but for the time being i'm kind of just letting myself 
chill. Take some fucking time off. Like I've done, I've, I've worked my ass off for so many years in the restaurant business and, and other, um, industries as well. And I'm just like, finally letting, coming to terms with the fact that this is probably going to be go on for at least another five or six months. Right. You know, until everyone gets a vaccine and, um, I'm, I'm sort of giving myself that leeway to not really do a whole lot right now. So I love, yeah, it. I'm sort, Honestly, of, sort of a houseboy right now. Like I cook and I like fucking <laughs> do projects around the house and like, you know, I make it's my a, girlfriend these like to do it, though. crazy and lunches every day. And yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think coming from New York, we think that we live like simple lives almost in New York mm-hmm. because we do kind of like, let's call them monotonous things where we kind of like, we go to work and we go to friends, yeah. but it's like in New York, it's just elevated. So like even oh, it's, monotonous it's, it's there is still yeah, yeah, it's still a rat race. And so I think that taking a little bit of a step back, like chilling out for a minute, like yeah. I'm here for that. I mean, obviously I didn't do that, but I also have like, you know, like probably some demons to face. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, yeah, there is something. And a lot of that, of course, is that's what capitalism makes us think, right? That what if right. we're not constantly moving and producing and creating and, and working and, and earning that we're somehow like worthless. Like that's what right. they want us to think. And that's what's kind of been drilled in our heads for our whole lives. Cause that's such a, uh, it's so baked into American culture in so many ways. So well, yeah, you sort of have to, to unlearn like, that. Disengage, you know, like, yeah, I can't really focus on what's happening. If I have all these emails to get back to, you know, it's like kind of like right. my, my way of like avoidance. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah. I posted something on Instagram once that was like, your heart is way better than my hustle. And what I'm, and I have this whole message about it where it was like, if you felt things this year, you have to realize like I avoided those and yeah. they're going to come back. Everything demands to be felt. So like yeah, anyone who felt, Do you feel like you, I mean, I know that you've basically spent this whole pandemic, like creating this really incredible business. Um, I am, do you keep yourself on like a Monday through Friday? Like, or do you feel like you're more or less working all the time? So, um, neither and neither, neither and both. So like, mm-hmm. um, I have to have some sort of Monday through Friday because other people hold those hours. Right. Yeah. But I do work every day. So what I've done is I just, I can't as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure if anyone is listening and is an entrepreneur, you're going to get this, but like, if you don't have to work, you're not going to. And if you do have to work, you're going to like, that's just right. it. So for me, if it's a Saturday and I'm fucking here, then, yeah. and I'm thinking, oh my God. And you have to realize I love what I'm doing. Right. So of it's, course, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not like bogged down and like, oh, now I have to do this. Oh, now I have to do that. I'm like so fucking positive. Cause now it's all in your terms. Whereas before, for the majority of the time I've known you, you've, you've worked for, you know, someone else. So it's right. been on their time and their terms. So and this is, I'm, I'm so happy that you're able to do this on your own terms now. And even, and even last year, it really wasn't on my terms because I was still kind of figuring it out. And now that I found my mm-hmm. niche, I'm saying no way more than I'm saying yes. But to answer your question, like, I'm not really, I don't, so this is what I always explain to the people that I work with. Cause they say to me, like, how do you find a balance? And I want weekends. Right. And so I always say like, if you want to work on a weekend, work on a weekend. Like if that means that you're up at eight and your partner hasn't gotten up yet and you want to work, then fucking work. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Right? Like 
do whatever you want. So what I do instead is instead of holding myself to like, I have to take Friday off or Saturday off or whatever. I don't even know what days are anymore. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. What I'll do now is I'll, I'll say weekend time, like weekend mm-hmm. time. So for instance, today I had a huge day. I literally was like minute to minute jam packed from technically around 8 a.m. till we're talking at 9.48 my time right now until mm-hmm. probably maybe like 11, right? So come midday, there were some things that weren't necessary. And so I moved them to other days and I just took w- one till about 4.30 off. And Oh, okay, so yeah. So you do time. carve out some time to like regroup and, I can feel and just it. like and not I can feel think it. about anything. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. I sit down and I'm like, I'm not vibing with this and it's super analytical. I'll switch to something creative. And if I'm not vibing with that, I'm going to be like, bye, that's it. And the other thing is I also, a lot of my business is one-on-one calls, like on the phone, on Zoom, things like that. So I actually don't allow any calls before noon. So I don't set alarms anymore, which is really nice. And I still still wake up at like Mm 7.38, but like, I don't have to be like, oh shit, I have to get out of bed and like right. I have to get ready. Like, I don't want that. And that that to me is the freedom. I would work the rest of the day, Sunday to Saturday, for the fact that I can leisurely get out of bed, take a, sh- a long shower, get ready, listen mm-hmm. to a long podcast, make myself breakfast. Like, that to me is the freedom that makes me that makes all of this worth it not the weekends not any of this other shit and maybe that will change when obviously i'm allowed to like see other people but right now this is like that to me is like oh yeah everything so you're like you're maximizing your pandemic experience like productively in a way that it's so it's so funny because it's like literally the opposite of what i do Because like, I think part of it is that the, the industry that I worked in for so long was restaurants. I don't want you to be mean to yourself. Oh, I'm not. Believe me. Believe me. I'm I'm really, I'm truly not. Okay. Okay. Uh, The industry I worked in so long, it was in restaurants and I got really fucking good at it. Worked at like the best ones in the city, which means definitely one of the best in the world. I mean, uh, and, but that was the, that's the kind of industry where you have to like go there and clock in and you're you do your job physically in that building. Whereas people who have job, like my girlfriend, you know, she has, she's a writer. So she has a job that is, she does from this desk that I'm sitting at right now all day right. long. And so it requires so much more like self-discipline right. and especially not being able to go into any offices now. And I, and I, and I, and I fucking admire that about everyone who is able to do that because I have this fucking goldfish brain and I can't concentrate on anything right now. Like I've spent the last eight months, like, well, and that's going to like finish nice. a book. Yeah. That's you know? what's really nice is that like, I, I was thinking about this today. I was like, I don't, I, 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 it was not that long ago. And I cannot wrap my mind around the fact that I would wake up at five 30 and get ready mm-hmm. and run out the door. Like, oh yeah. I'm like, what? Like, like run out the door, run down the street, swipe your Metro card, fucking like, Metro cards empty. So you I gotta mean, go to the machine, you miss your wrong. train. Would do anything <laughs> for that right now. Would, I would, would give anything? anything to be on the most crowded, shitty train with some guy screaming on one end, some other, some kid trying to sell me fruit snacks on the other. I love those kids. I would give uh, anything to swipe anything my metro for card that. and it'd be out of money and I yep. don't have any time to. I waste. miss, I miss the oh. worst days in New York. Yes. I fucking miss them dearly. Like it is, it is the best place in the world. My worst day in New York was better than my best day 
anywhere else until then. I'm enjoying my life now. There's so many different things that I want to talk to you about because so my whole thing, and I, I talked to you about this and I've talked to my audience about this, the fact that like, I want to bring people on the podcast that I honestly feel like inspire the shit out of me or like are mm-hmm. really cool or have really great stories about their yeah. life and things like that. And there's so many different things that I want to talk to you about. And you've kind of like touched on all of them, which is awesome because I want to get to some of these things because like, just to go back for really quick, like we're talking about the rap race, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about how we're like obsessed with work and all these things. And like, you have to do this and like, but you did that. Like you were in corporate. Oh God, America. every day. Yeah. I, I did it. And, and obviously, and now like, it's, it's weird because like, now I'm excited to go back to it only because it would be a return to like normalcy. Right. You know? Right. Um, and I did, I like to work hard and I love the industry that I worked in. I loved working in restaurants. I loved working with, no, but I'm, I'm not talking about restaurants. I'm talking like all the way back. I'm like, you don't want to go back to what you left. Oh, back to that shit. No way. We're getting a fucking corporate, like uh, you've been in like like that. Oh, I've been in that rat. That's the rat race you're talking about. Okay, great. So yeah, that one, that one is so like, even though it is so And when we say that, you mean like office job office space kind of job like gray office like gray imagine a gray cubicle around you so you're like in this box made of like a material that won't hurt you if you smash your face into it intentionally well and and we all we all (laughs) we don't have to like say the name but like yeah know someone listening to the podcast that works there someone if you're in kansas city and you know the company everyone works at that's the one that's the one Uh, and then you stand up and as far as your eye can see, like it's into the humans. fucking horizon, cubicles, like fucking gray square cubicles. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I don't even think I ever went into this with you in depth, but I worked at this company, a major uh, healthcare IT company in Kansas City. Um, that which will not be named. Yeah. The anyone can figure it out. Everyone uh, listening. If you Google IT healthcare yeah. Kansas City, you'll figure it Please out. Please do not blast me on my first I interview. I swear episode. to God, I went to work every single day for a year and a half and I never actually did any work. I'm not kidding. I never actually did anything <laughs> because my job, the job that they assigned me to is one of those places they hire so many people at the same time that they just sort of like, you're literally given a number. And then they like sort you, they just throw you wherever the fuck they need, like warm bodies in whatever position. They don't, they don't ever speak to you once about like, it's like sorting. What are your hat. interests? What are you good at? Like, yeah. and I wasn't good at anything as I was like 24. They like and put a hat on your on. head, like in Harry Potter. And they're like, yeah, it's like a, the, someone puts a sorting hat on and they're like, you go in this department. So I went, into, like, fucking, I went into some bullshit that I had no idea what I was doing. So automatically I was like, well, I'm not going to do anything because they shouldn't have put <laughs> me like here. That so and I was like in my mid-20s just very directionless and then I literally sat in this desk and I just managed to figure out a way because there were so many people I managed to figure out a way to not do anything I read I read you know articles all day long I well there there's one thing you did while you were at work and that uh g chatted you all day long Okay, Remember so- Gchat? Do people still use Gchat? Sarah, listen to what I wrote down, okay? Because I have like all these <laughs> things that I wanted to talk to you about, right? I Gchatted you for like hours at a time. Hours. Hours daily. Oh I wrote literally, 
I feel like Gchat is like Tom in the top eight by now. And then I wrote, God, there are some people who don't know what any of that is. Oh, yeah. Some of you kids have no idea. Some people don't know about Tom in the top eight. No. And some people don't know about Gchat. Like, they're going to have to Google that scenario. But like, they will Google Gchat. Gchat, I would say, is is a... It's a chat feature within Gmail, but to Google has obviously not put a single bit of effort into updating Gchat in the last, and I'm not like not shitting anyone for the last decade, like decade. Gchat has not changed functionally or aesthetically in the last decade. I moved in 2011 <laughs> and we were Gchat. Same thing. Yeah. It, it looks the same. It is the same. It still works, but well, it's, the only it thing used is that everybody be... used it. Like for instance, oh yeah, everyone somebody, was on it. I have somebody else coming on the podcast, and the reason we're friends is because of Gchat. Yeah, <laughs> you so kind of like it was like if so, as long as someone had a Gmail address, you could add them through on Gchat, and you could start and you still a chat can, with them. But it's like people don't use yeah. it anymore. It was, yeah, I mean you, you can know I mean? you can use a payphone, but you're not going to fucking do it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's. Like, there's too many germs. Well, you know what's <laughs> you don't know what kind of weirdos have been using it. <laughs> I feel like Gchat was only fun for us because we were like the AOL instant messenger. Yeah. People. There was a very so specific we were, age group that really, like that really caught it. It scratched an itch that we like yeah. we were we couldn't reach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And other people are like, we don't need that itch scratched because we have like WhatsApp and Snapchat. So like we don't care about Yeah. That. But, but like, the thing about Gchat, do you, you know why it was way better than those at the time? because it appeared as though you were working because you're right. on your computer it wasn't right. a phone that no, had nothing to do with your phones nothing on your phone at all it appeared as though you were working you could be like furiously typing and then like i would always what i would do is i was i would always have like a work thing um like my outlook yeah like, pulled up uh, on my other screen and the gchat like really small yeah make the g i mean i would minimize the gchat make the outlook screen bigger so if anybody walked by and they, you know how everyone does that fucking thing in offices oh, where everyone yeah. glances at your computer. They, I hated like, that. You know, they're glancing at it. Like everyone's glancing. So if they glanced at mine, they would see Outlook and they would just think I was sending a work email, which right. I would never do because I never sent a single email. I never talked to anybody. I didn't even I respond didn't to work. email. Yeah. I mean, it's I so nothing. Funny. And I made like, I, I made like pretty good money there for my, you know, you experience like level. 50, 60 grand for like, I made like 60 shit. grand there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, in, in 2012, I was, I was 26 and Which it was is like, like fine. 70, 75. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. yeah. To do absolutely nothing. It was great. I mean, why not? And then I would just like, but I peer pressured you into moving to New York. Totally. But I was, I was definitely like, you were I on was, board fully. I wanted that pressure because I wanted to do it. And one day I had this like fucking meltdown, not a, not a meltdown, like more like an internal meltdown, but on the outside, I just found myself sitting there and I was like, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing here? I want to move to New York. So I like literally, well, first out loud, I said, I went like this. I went, Fuck exactly like that in a dead silent like you could hear a pin drop on the gray carpet <laughs> no office. you didn't no you didn't i did i said fuck i said fuck no, and then funny. i heard like some chairs squeak of people like wheeling out to be like oh god who's having a meltdown and i literally pulled up my email and and sent an email to my boss and i quit and then i it was some other things were falling into place like my lease was ending and like right so i was like you know what this is it I sent an email to my boss and I sent an email to my mom and I was like, I'm going to move home for a little bit and then I'm going to no, go. No, I don't think you sent an email. You, you, I remember the story. I think you, took I, sent, a- I definitely sent an email to my boss. 
Yeah, but you took your parents to Mexican. Oh no, that was before. That was that was a different thing. Oh yeah, I I sent her an email. That was when I was actually moving to New York. Yeah, when you were like, I'm moving. But this like, was like when I quit my job in Kansas City and was like I, telling them I'm going to move home, which I ended up doing for about oh, six months or so. Okay. Remember that okay. was that period of time where I lived. So then I moved. And so, yeah, it was just one of those things like I've never made a decision about my next move under like anything but duress. Like I've, but I've literally never done that. I was talking to somebody yesterday about moving to New York and they were like, yeah, they just keep thinking about whether, and it wasn't a current situation. Yeah. They were talking about someone who always has said like, I want to move, I want to move, I want to move. And it's like, you just have to do moving, it. Moving to New York, you cannot think about. It's not rational. No, no one's ever ready. It's bungee jumping. It's bungee jumping. And you, you and get yourself in a position, meaning get yourself to the airport. And right. then you fucking jump. Cause at jump. that point you have no other alternative. That's what I did. I you booked a ticket. I told my out. parents I'm going, I booked a one-way ticket and it was for May 8th. I remember that. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. May 8th, 2013. And I, and I just, I didn't have anything. I had like a few hundred bucks. I got on a plane. I had restaurant experience. I knew how to do that. So I packed two suitcases because that's what that's what Southwest would let me take. And I fucking went straight to you. And I went to your apartment and I like lived on your couch for a month. But I got a job like on day two there. And Which just is fucking hustle. Not what happened with anyone else that lived on my couch. I had like six people yeah. that lived on my couch and they lived on my couch. Yeah, that couch had a lot of miles on it. It really at that, one point. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it got so it got so much use. We we ended up buying a closet for the living room because so Amazing. many people came in and out of that bed. That yeah. Room. I but yeah, like I you know I made my decision to move to New York under like basically, not like spur. I mean spur of the moment. Yes, like when it came down to like the actual day to pick to do it. But I, yeah. I knew I wanted to do it. But then you know I had seven and a half years there almost eight years there well no I guess seven years there um and then COVID hit and I had to leave New York in a over, drop with a fucking carry-on like in the middle of the goddamn you know what night. I'm realizing oh my god this is so weird we both exited the city the way we came yeah so for instance for me I knew I was moving I knew it I knew it mm -hmm. and I was just like not even entertaining other offers. Like I was just like, I wasn't even, and I, I was like, I was I had like a hard block where people yeah. would be like, well, and I'd be like, eh, nope, I'm moving. I'm just moving. I'm just moving. I'm just moving. And leaving, I made up my mind, texted my landlord on the spot because I was like, I can't talk myself out of this. I know that I just need to get out yeah. of it. I can't spend more than $2,000 a month on rent when I can't do fucking anything. And I'm living in 550 square feet and the yeah. worst bathroom anybody has ever seen in their life. So I text him and I said, I'm moving out. I'm giving you three months notice. I need the time. I'm sure you need the time. I'm, I'm, I'm gone though. And I literally was like, okay. And I'm not going to tell anyone. I don't want anyone mm -hmm. to tell me their opinion because people are going to tell me to stay. People are going to tell me to move to Dallas or Denver or New Mexico or Raleigh or Los Angeles yeah. or wherever the fuck. And I was just like, I'm just, I'm just going to like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. For but months, that's what New York trains you for though, right? Yeah. Like that's well, what the city trains you to do. It's like, it trains you to fucking toughen up and like make a decision on the spot about what to do because you have to think quick there and we just had to do what we had to do you know what you had to do 
Yeah. I feel like leaving the way you left New York, like where you're like, okay, I'm just not going to tell anybody because they're going to talk me out of it. It's like the same way someone would approach like dating a questionably shady guy that you're like, okay, he has a bunch of money. Won't tell me what he does for a living is super hot. Um, tons of red flags. Like he has two cell phones. I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go on vacation with him. I'll just tell my friends after, you know, like yeah. it's, it's like, that's the kind of decision-making because they're like, no, someone's going to talk me out of it. Right. That, no, I mean, that was exactly, it's, it's totally like, except for in this position, it was like, I'm just going to break up with the guy that everyone loves. Oh yeah. Yeah. But no one's ever loved a guy. So well, or any guy. I did. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, who on earth is like, no, don't break up with him. Anyone who tells you not to break up with a guy is full of shit. I was going to say that's your girlfriend, but she's not a guy. No, she's, she's perfect. But yeah, like who in, who in the world has ever been like, no, he's amazing. Your life will fall apart if you get rid of him. (laughs) Like no man in the world has that kind of like. So this is what's funny though about you and me (laughs) is that like people that listen to the how to, how to adult podcast know that we just like fucking rip on people like no one's well safe. yeah yeah no one's safe especially right. like the male species like and you're not listening anyway but <laughs> like, like what like when in the world has anyone been like yeah her life really fell apart after she dumped her boyfriend like that's never the case <laughs> women always glow up men crash and burn but sometimes they don't sometimes they get it together no, but see, like guys most never crash and burn because you know what they do they fail up they they fail up and they have, they always have four burners going. They're really good yeah. chefs in a day. They are, they are. So they so always have four one burners dish, going. Guess what? You got three more. Where we're like, I'm going to watch this pasta boil. And yeah. like, I'm going to cook pasta and broccoli and this side. And this. Yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, pasta didn't work. Doesn't matter. Got three more. <laughs> like, yeah, like women, women are like, are like these like artists that are just like meticulously working on the same, like, like they're carving a marble statue for years and years. And guys are like a short order cook at a fucking diner. They're, <laughs> they're just curating. like got a million things going at once. Like if something doesn't work out, fucking move on to the next one. Keep the burgers flipping. They're curating. That's all they're like, doing is fucking flipping burgers out there. That's it. And you and know you what? Just, you know, it tastes good, but it doesn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't worth the money to be honest with you. Nope. <laughs> it's true it's the truth oh that's great I mean, you've been through like all of my dating catastrophes but that's like new yeah. for you you know what i mean it's just like putting oh, yeah. yourself on the line always pushing yourself always going super hard at all times and i feel like so you you landed in new york you went hard at all times and you were like oh yeah i never I'm stopped gonna go hard into the restaurant industry to pay the bills and i'm gonna go mm-hmm. hard into comedy and i feel like not only did you have a good experience with comedy which you kind of touched on but like i really love what you did in the restaurant industry, because what you did, and I think that we've talked about this maybe minimally, but like what you did is, I always had respect for the restaurant industry. I come from the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. I grew up basically in a restaurant and always worked in a restaurant from the minute I was 17 years old. So I've never not had restaurant experience. So it's, yeah. I'm not saying like I you got gave me respect for it, but like New York is not your typical restaurant industry yeah it's not your neighborhood applebee's grill by any means it's it's a career job and it's a career job not in the sense that like you're stuck that's not it like Mm -hmm. you're not in a restaurant job by choice like you accidentally fell into it like you can't get a restaurant job in new york because you have to be vetted and you have to be really good and you really 
sunk your teeth in and you learned so much about wine and so much about Mm -hmm. like i i like i don't want to put you on the spot but like i would love if you could find a like i wish that people got how entrenched in hospitality and fine dining and the understanding of wine and the understanding of pairings like you Mm -hmm. can't just be a bartender like no you have to know everything that's what always kind of drove me nuts when people would say things like well you know i could always be like a i could always work at a restaurant if like so and so doesn't work out and if that if that person saying that didn't have any experience in that world and they would say something like that to me and be like do you think this is fucking easy like it's not it it's so so like do you think that i just say like i'll just go work on wall street like come on yeah like i'll just go to your job and fucking dick around on excel spreadsheets all day that's my backup (laughs) if fucking restaurants don't work out but um yeah like i i basically worked myself from not knowing shit really and kind of getting into like graduating to different jobs and fine dining and ending up in some really cool places um, and I feel like I got a lot of life skills out of that in every, it would take another podcast to explain all the shit that I learned from it and all the ways that it was such an invaluable experience. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fucking fun too. It like made me enjoy the city. It taught me about like, it was sort of my gateway into culture, you know, because I wouldn't have yes. had the access or the money to enjoy the restaurants that I worked in. I would have you know never been able to walk through the fucking door at some of those places had I not worked in that industry and gained the 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 contacts and the network and the and you know the experience to be in those places and made the money I made in those places like it taught me more about being a New Yorker and being like mm. you know a part of you kind of you kind of felt like you were part of this like pulse like community. in the city yeah. yeah 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 and it was awesome and I miss it dearly very very much so I I spent like six months in a restaurant in New York and not even like not even to the level you did I did fucking nothing yeah. you had to like understand psychology and I was just like, oh man it was let a me lot. tell you take you to your seat I mean granted yeah. like also just on the side hosting people, it hosting is a real job hosting is a real job thank you very much because I would tell people that I was a hostess and I know everybody was like oh you just take people to their seats and it's like that also is a psychology when you work at a really yeah. high-end restaurant because you're selling them regulars and it's like well they don't like each other so they can't sit next to each other and yeah. I, oh, they're gonna go to a show so i need to get them out and that person's really fast and it's like it's it's like it was such a fun like game a video game it was so fun because you would just plan the seating at like four and you'd be like okay mm-hmm. so they'll get in they'll be out in like 40 minutes so i'll see another person there and they'll be out in another 40 minutes so that's perfect and they need a little bit extra yeah. so i'll make sure to seat them twice like it's so it was so a lot fun goes into i loved it. it you know and a lot of stuff that can be applied i think so well to the business world too because talk about being in, a, in an industry where you have to adapt extremely quickly to changing circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got an overbooked restaurant that you don't even have the two tables that you need in a half an hour. And then what and happens when the guy one, comes and slips you a hundred yeah, and, and tries to get in and you can't. And, and then like, I'm you know, going to squeeze you in somewhere. Yeah. But well, you've got like, let's say you've got like four tables you're planning on. You're hoping they get up in the next like 10 minutes. It's what you yeah. plotted them for on the books. Well, turns out, this guy, one of the tables, the guy just proposed. So you know they're gonna fucking sit there for another hour drinking champagne and being stupid. Like, yeah. The <laughs> next table is like three mafia dudes and their wives. They're not going anywhere because I think they fucking own the place. Right. Then the next table is like a professional athlete and he keeps getting approached by people and they're having a good time. And oh shit, now table 28 is talking to table 27. Right. So now they're gonna fucking take forever because they're making friends. 
Well, right, what's really funny is that show you've got to deal with and you got to set expectations for people, which is huge in any business is setting the right expectations. You got to come through, you got to fucking placate people while they're waiting all under loud music and low lights, like $500, yeah. $300. Yeah. It's film. fucking crazy. And it's funny. Cause like our manager always like dressed super hot and she kind of did it on purpose. Cause like people were kind of like taking too long. Like business guys would always go to the bar, right? You can right. always get a business guy to a bar. If a guy's there with his wife and a, another guy and his wife, like they're not going anywhere, but it, like for business dudes who like kind of have like a little unbutton going on, she would go mm-hmm. over and she'd be like, guys, can I treat you to a drink at the bar? They or love that shit. Me yeah. Up in a minute. It's like, thank yeah. God I got a four top now. Right. And yeah. It's so funny because like, you, it's, it's a constant it. game of buying time and it's also, and that doesn't like, really exist in reading people other places. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But those skills are needed in so many other places, reading people in an instant, mm-hmm. figuring out their need and solving it right away and buying yourself time to make, make shit work for everybody. I think every industry should hire restaurant people on the spot. Like if someone has a, a restaurant background, they can't, you know, they're trainable. Right. And you know, they're going to fucking work their asses off and they don't complain. They don't take days off. That's it. Right. It's, I mean, it's on, I mean, don't take it's don't even get me into like the no taking days off. Like that's just, I know, but, it's, but, but you but know, I mean, they're not the kind of people who are going to fuck around and like not show up. No. And it's just so funny because like, I you're saying all this stuff and I'm like wow I feel like it actually did give me such a good like preface and what's funny is so I worked at Bond 45 in Times Square and which fun fact I don't know if I've ever told you this the guy that's like dipping the girl in Times Square that like from the 40s you know the same oh yeah where she didn't consent to that yeah I remember that (laughs) I love you he dipped a stranger and kissed her on the mouth yeah that was cute 70 years ago Okay. Anyway, don't ruin my story. But Bond Forty Five <laughs> is in the background, so I, that's all I wanted to say. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been around forever. Yeah, it was, it was a fun business. I, I want to get back really into is it. It's a fun business, but you know the thing is, is that I remember you and I, and like I like I said, just to preface, I always had respect for the industry, and I mm-hmm. definitely always had respect for what you did because I know you and I knew how much work it was, but. It was like on a whole other level when we went to that place in the West Village that's on that corner and it's right by that really famous Italian spot. And they uh, they check you out on an iPad and it's like all windows and it's kind of like mossy kind of. And it's like, it's hmm. basically you stand there to get a drink before you go to the really famous restaurant. That's right. It's like West Village. And you oh, we went, yes, we went to Pizzelli. Uh Yeah, that we were going to go to... We were going to go to Via Carota, but we went yes, to Via Carota. It's owned by the same people. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, like shoulder to shoulder standing, yes. cramped as shit. Yeah. But the guy came up and and I'll remember this. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why because I've had such great service from you at Lilia at Yeah. freaking Don Angie, like all these yeah. really incredible places that are like people wait their, you know, wait forever they wait forever yeah to try to get in because the obamas are like trying to get in yeah their (laughs) reservation got bumped yeah like you've you've like brought me to such great places because of the you know places that you've been connected to but we're here at this place 
and somebody comes up and was like, oh, you know, which wine do you have? And you were like, I got it. We want a wine that's kind of like oaky, but it's got a, like a little freshness to mm -hmm. it. I don't remember what the fuck you said. And I was like, and I've seen you do this. Okay. So like, it, it wasn't new, <laughs> but I was like, she's always on. Oh, always. Yeah. I can't, you know what? It's a, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Cause I can turn it on in the right, like, I, you know, I'm always on in that like restauranty way when I go somewhere, especially out in like a you know a good city and like right uh but it's also like a little bit of a curse because i have a hard time enjoying myself right, when I know sometimes right. i always know what's going on around me like you i just don't criticize all of it yeah like internally yeah like yeah, i can't, not I can't yeah. just like not i can't just i if a I restaurant is fashion. like a show and it's and i can tell they're frenetic and it's like not coming together and the service yeah. sucks yeah. i fucking can't stand it I You're like, tip well, oh, so you rushed through plating. It looks yeah, like, you know, at a certain price point, I, I adjust my expectations depending on what kind of, if we're at a fucking taco joint somewhere in the corner, I mean, I'm not going to care. Yeah. But if I'm paying, like, if I know that my part of the bill is going to be like 150 bucks, yeah, I'd like some fucking service, you know? But yeah. I mean, but, I have know, the now, same, but obviously not from the level that you have. But do you feel comfortable talking about the experiences that you've had? Because I feel like you've had oh, some yeah. really fucking cool places under your belt, but I don't want to put you on the spot cool if that's like not cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to bore your listeners with a bunch of restaurant talk, but it was a fucking blast. I miss the industry so much and I had some really fucking cool experiences. I met some of the smartest, most talented people Do you think ever. people get something wrong about the fashion industry? Or not the fashion industry, the hospitality, like restaurant industry? Like what yeah, do people I think get that wrong? They, I think that they think that everyone working there must absolutely hate it. And mm -hmm. that's that, that was not true in the places that I work. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean be annoying because they love what they're doing and they'll put up with you it's not a fucking kindergarten mm -hmm. but it it was a fulfilling fulfilling place to work for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons uh the people that i worked with you know i worked with people who were single parents who were like students who were people in their 40s who had made a career out of it people who uh were formerly incarcerated who were like getting their lives back together people who were you know I mean, I worked with someone who literally was putting students. three of his daughters through college. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, people don't. Yeah, get there's that, a like, real fucking people with real Applebee's. everything. No, it's not. And it's not. And, and even if it is Applebee's, there's a lot of people in those that fall in those categories working there. You know, it's not true. It's not like a like stopgap employment for people, for everyone. So for some people it is. And in New York, you know, it's a lot of it is people who are creative and people who are actors and, and writers and musicians who just need to pay the bills. So I met like the coolest arrangement of interesting people doing it and had such a fucking blast with them and worked for some brilliant chefs and, and got to meet some really cool people. And, and ultimately I, I, I let, I sort of threw a party every night, you know, like, especially yeah. when I was bartending, I was just like sort of presiding over my 10 seats that I was just like managing all night long. Obviously there's the logistical part of it. There's, there's a science to that, but I was throwing a party. I was, I was facilitating a really, really good time for people and they would pay a bunch of money at the end and leave me some money at the end. And it was like, okay, it was, it was a very transactional, but it was a good time. You know, it wasn't a fucking, it wasn't, uh, the kind of transactions that are just really thankless and terrible. Of course, the job has the potential to be that way. And a lot of people do experience that, but 
it is a very, very rich industry. And in, in what I mean by that is like, there's a richness of people in it. There's a mosaic of right. people. And it's yes. really fucking fun. It's really cool. It's and it's so such a shame fun. that it's like, and especially not, if you dine in New right York, now. like the food in New yeah. York is the reason you stay. Like, and people don't it's get the like- the best fucking city in the world for that. LA, for that, LA would know? get it where like, maybe in some capacity where it's like, you have to make a reservation if you want to go to Rosemary's. You have yeah, to make a yeah. reservation if you want to go anywhere in the West Village, anywhere in the Lower East Side, like you have- Anywhere to- in the Village. And it's funny because yeah. like moving here to St. Louis, it's like, I'll be like, oh, well, you want to go tomorrow? We didn't make a reservation. It's like my brain doesn't work that way. It's like, yeah, like we have New York brain where we think it's a right. I didn't book it two weeks ago. What? Yeah, because there's a premium on that experience in some cities. You know, like dining is such an integral part of being in New York. It's one of the three pillars that hold the city up. You know, you've got Broadway, live entertainment in general, but Broadway specifically. Um, tourism in you know for like tourism in the sense of like sightseeing that kind of thing that whole industry so that's your second pillar and then your third one is restaurants mm-hmm. and all three of those right now are dead are done broadway is for all intents and purposes dead until everyone gets vaccinated and who fucking knows when that's going to happen right restaurants 90 percent of new york city restaurants are going to be closed by the end of february 90 percent of them 90? because of the fucking piss poor response from the government uh and then tourism and sightseeing and all that of course that's dependent on everything else because if you don't have restaurants in broadway what's going to draw people to new york do you feel guilty so leaving? what's that do you feel guilty having left no, I don't feel guilty. I think uh, I made the right decision for myself at that time, but I I, I missed it dearly, like a lot. Um, I feel guilt, man. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like I feel like I abandoned my people. You know what I mean? I feel a little bit of that too. Um, but ultimately, you know, I wouldn't I have been able to really day, do anything. Got to do. But yeah yeah i miss i miss what it was i miss what new york city was i think it's going to come back i think the restaurant business will be rebuilt by certain people but it's it is that it, it is not an exaggeration to say that 90 percent of restaurants are going to be closed because there has been no industry specific uh outreach right. from the government so the problem with considering restaurants uh to be small businesses which technically most of them are but when you put them under the same umbrella as every other small business when there's some when there's a government so much yeah when there's a government bailout of they love to say well small business relief well what does what the fuck does that even mean right because most of the ppp loans and all the other shit got fucking raided by large businesses and millionaires it was a smash and grab from the government there's a wasted all that money there's a boutique I follow because the PPE loans are public and yeah. she got a loan. Yeah. Multimillionaires got money like yeah. because and they don't they a lot not. of money and no one that works there. They've a lot of them have quit because they're like, we don't know what she didn't do anything with that money. And it's like no one's yeah. controlling it. No, no one. No one is regulating it. So because they're the government has not responded with anything industry specific or restaurants most of them are going to close because most of them are going to default on their rent. Um, I mean, I worked at a tiny little corner restaurant in the West village as my last job. 
and their rent was like 30 or 40 grand a month. Like it's a lot of fucking money and, and takeout doesn't really like, do it. The best restaurant I've ever been. I know. It's so, it, then they're doing, they're doing fine right now. They're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be okay. Well, but, I mean, that's the thing. It's like some landlords are being okay about it. Some aren't. Yeah. Like, well, some were able to adapt to the takeout model, which the takeout model doesn't work for every place. Right. And then there's other layers that go into that, of course. But anyway, well, the this big is a really good is, segue, though, because yeah, I want, I would, I think that this is the right time to kind of bring up what you're doing with Jen. Yeah, definitely. So you want to tell everybody? Kind yeah. Of like- so basically, my uh, my good friend Sean Feeney, who is um, the co-owner of Lilia and Missy uh, and of MP Grocery, along with Missy Robbins, his business partner, he, uh, as he always does, he recognized the need right away and adapted to it for. Uh, relief for restaurant workers. So he started an organization called Roar. Uh, and you're talking like bartenders, servers. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone in New York yes. City who has worked in a restaurant, everyone. And, and Roar is essentially a fund that he started. R-O-A-R. Yeah. R-O-A-R New York. Um, Roar.ny on Instagram. And what Roar does is basically if you work in a restaurant, you can, uh, you can, fill in your information and apply for a one-time uh, cash, like direct cash um, grant of $500. So oh, it's not going to, you know, it's not a lot of money if you think about it, but it's also a, it's a good amount of money for someone who works in a restaurant who needs help with like bills and rent and things like that. Um, Cause they are one-time grants to people, but yeah, essentially it's a, it's a fund that just directly assists out of work restaurant workers um, restaurant workers made up uh, 74% of unemployed people in at by the end of November Jeez. of this last year most unemployed people are restaurant workers wow. and restaurants in general is that the nationwide restaurant industry, or is that in New York yeah it's nationwide nationwide or, I'm sorry I, I, I that stat might actually be New York specific um, but in uh, countrywide Restaurants are the second, the restaurant industry is the second largest private sector employer in the country. Mm. So when the airlines and the live, uh, the big stadiums and the fucking banks got bailouts three weeks into COVID, you know, the airlines have a hiccup and the government just hands them billions of dollars. But the restaurant business has never asked for a handout. The restaurant business has always been self-sufficient, scrappy agile they've never fucking needed help ever in the history of restaurants until covid and they have received nothing there's been no industry specific uh relief for workers or or owners on their own they're just fucking out they're on their own like they yeah they can file for unemployment but that's that's nothing i mean i max out unemployment because of yeah because of because i made enough money last year in 2019 to qualify me for the highest level of unemployment most people didn't. So they're, they're trying to survive off of a couple hundred bucks a week. It's not going right. to fucking happen. So Eating basically, families. yeah. And, and these business owners, restaurant owners are fucked because their landlords aren't budging. The vendors are fucked as well because the restaurants are going to stop ordering from them for wine and food, etc. cetera. Uh, and the employees are fucked because they had to either lay off their no entire work. staff or run with bare bones. So everybody is fucked along the way because the government has not made any effort into um, bailing out this industry that has never needed it before, that needs it now. So what Sean is doing with Roar is, is 
direct cash aid to employees um, mm-hmm. that are, you know, anybody who wants to apply for one in New York can. So what I'm doing, uh, Jen and I are doing is we're starting our own little fundraiser to make one large donation to Roar specifically because Jen's employer, uh, Netflix is matching any employee donations, uh, 200%. So, you know, if we give, if we, if we donate a hundred dollars to some charity, we do it through her because then she, she makes it through Netflix and they add 200% onto that for like, just that's just what well, they $100 do. Donations like free money. Three hundred. Yeah. So $100. Yeah, exactly. So 100 bucks all of a sudden becomes 300 bucks because we did it through her through Netflix. Because I was so thinking what I'm doing, maybe I can post something on my story and say like donate totally. to Roar, but that you're saying. Well, no, donate to us donate first and then we'll give it to she, Roar through Netflix. Since she's yeah. an employee. Exactly. Since she, Because she's an employee, any donation that she makes, automatically Netflix is going to pile on 200% onto that. Amazing. So we are starting a fundraiser where I have it all laid out in my Instagram. Um, it's super easy. Basically you just find Jen on, on Venmo and give her whatever amount you can. If it's five bucks, that's great. If it's a hundred bucks, that's great too. Uh, just put roar in the, in the little memo line and we're going to compile all of that, make a, a large donation, post the receipts, be transparent about everything. And then Netflix is going to fucking triple it. Like, isn't that unreal. awesome? So it's really yeah, so unreal. Yeah, so we're going to give it to her and that's that. And I think, you yeah. know, as someone who I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to say you're unaffected, but it's just nice that you're with Jen, right? And oh, I'm very get, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I am, you know, I, under the circumstances, I'm extremely lucky, but I, I, if certain things weren't in, you know, reality in my life, if I had never met her, if I was still in New York single alone, figuring this out, I would have either had to go back to work when outdoor dining started in July and risk my health or try to stay on unemployment and be fucking flat broke. So what we've asked almost everybody in this industry to do, anyone working in the restaurant industry right now has been faced with the decision of, do I try to survive on almost nothing on unemployment or do, or I, do I go back to work to and risk family. COVID every single day? And like to my every fucking day you're risking getting COVID. So yeah. That's what the restaurant, that's what the people in the restaurant business have been asked to do every single day and will be forever until they get a vaccine. And my friend is so, still waitressing in New York and she has mm-hmm. a coworker who has got COVID twice. Oh yeah. You can get it twice. You yeah. can get it twice. Yep. It's and insane. the people who work the front lines are the first ones to fucking get it. So mm-hmm. everyone working the front line, everybody that works in any type of service industry, restaurants, right working at the bank. You know, everywhere. Those are the people who were exposed. So put your fucking mask on when you're dealing with them. It's the least you can do. Well, I really appreciate you putting that together. I donated. I'm more than happy to contribute more. I'm really happy that you guys are putting that together. I know that's like, honestly, the least that could be done. And yeah, we're we're just trying to help as many people as we can. Yeah, I'm glad you're going through Netflix too with, with yeah them because I think that's great. Yeah, and we saw that we were like, oh my god, why don't we just do it through Netflix like, and well, they'll just add free money on top of it. It's great. Um, I think that's yeah, awesome. it's pretty great. Everyone check that out. Yeah, definitely. I have. Uh, um, yeah, it's on my Instagram. So yeah, we will definitely plug you at the end for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I want to ask everybody that comes on my podcast is three questions, and I okay. think you're gonna. I think you're gonna really hate it. Oh, I I'm sure. No, and it makes me <laughs> so excited. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want you to tell me your favorite animal, 
Mm -hmm. and give me three adjectives to describe it. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, oh God, I don't want to be basic here. No, be as, be anything. Like, there's no judgment. Okay. Well, my favorite animal is dogs. Okay, and why? Because they are. Uh, that was my answer, by the way. So that's my their answer. default. Their default status is like dogs. By default, are just desperately in love with you. Like. Remember, did you read that whole like study that was basically like when a dog sees its person, the secretions in its brain are the same as our brains when we're madly in love with someone? No, I did not. Yes, know that. it's That's the so exact cute. same in their minds. It's the same reaction of seeing someone that you're just desperately in love with. I wish people they literally are in love with us. My jaw is on. Yeah, the, the they would do anything table. for us. So like they're they're okay. So desperately uh, they're love. loving. Mm-hmm. and they're fucking hilarious they're nature's comedian they're like the right. funniest creatures ever i love them so much three. and they're incredibly smart okay incredibly so smart. i just think they're perfect and they're like the most judgment-free creature ever okay the next question is what is your favorite article of clothing and give me three things three reasons to describe why hmm you know in a in covid times here, let me tell you what I wear every single day. Pants that have some sort of elastic in them and hooded sweatshirts. In fact, my answer is going to be the hooded sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now, which it's hard to tell in this little zoom, but it's a, it's a Navy or I'm sorry, it's a Hunter green plain sweatshirt. There's no writing or anything on it, but in, it's a hooded sweatshirt. But instead of that, like, you know, that pocket that a traditional hoodie has in front where you could like clasp your hands together inside mm-hmm. this one just has regular pockets on the sides so your hands are sort of tucked in on on the sides hold on really quick yeah the hoodie and you've got the pocket we have to pause because i'm going to pee in my pants okay go pee i am not dear audience i am not prepped yet i have not (laughs) understood whoever edits this will just edit this part out no we're just gonna pause (laughs) we'll come back (laughs) i'll see you in a moment okay Okay, so before we get back into it, Sarah, I have to tell you something really embarrassing. Um, what? Okay, so you know how you say like there's X amount of square feet in your apartment? So yeah, my New York apartment there are. was tiny, but it, it was two mm-hmm. bedrooms. You know what I mean? So although yeah. it was definitely wildly smaller than this, there's parts of that apartment that I do feel like feel bigger because I just had like compartmentalization. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like my office yeah. is in my living room and that's new for me, right? So Oh yeah, there's no walls around it. Right. So it's just like, it, it, it doesn't feel smaller here. It's just like interesting that I don't have like spaces for things, but anyway, so Mm -hmm. someone asked, (laughs) someone asked me how many more square feet they thought this was than my apartment. I don't fucking know square feet. And so I was like, how do you just decide square feet? Like if you were just to guess, and I was like, is that how many times I could just like step around? (laughs) (laughs) no oh my god i literally was like well is it 750 times you're like i take a lot of steps in here i was like well my foot's a foot so like well your foot's not a foot nobody's foot's a foot well i mean i guess i have a huge foot for it to be a foot size of a foot did you know that yeah your forearm is the same size of your foot yeah yeah 
so yeah so you're i mean your square feet you know you're like you're this it's like the specs of your apartments if you look up like when i measure furniture when i measure things that need to be measured yeah yeah i'm fingertip to fingertip that's how i measure things because that's fine no you don't have like a tape measure I mean, I, I measure everything. One. I have one. My tape measure is on the floor right now because I'm <laughs> trying to figure out how big my rug should be. But like when I need to actually measure something, me saying actually, I am like, well, this is my, this is five, four. You just do like a wingspan. That's what they did like in medieval times. That's five, four. Like whoever the carpenter was, that guy's wingspan was the unit of measure for a building. Wow. Yeah. So if he died, so you could like do it over again. Renaissance carpenter. Yeah. Okay, we, we've we've advanced. Okay, so we're back. We have peed. Okay, so okay. favorite animal is a dog. Okay, your favorite animal mm-hmm. article of clothing. So we're, it's we're saying your hoodie. Is oh yeah, yeah. Pocket. So my my green hoodie that I'm wearing right now is my favorite article of clothing because it's a Jen gave it to me, which is great. Oh. B, uh, it is just your standard hooded okay, sweatshirt. So wait. wait, so the three reasons you love the article of clothing, one is because it can gave it to me. yeah the second is that i love you know it's like it gives you all of the standard features of a hooded sweatshirt mm-hmm. which is like great which we all know so it keeps you but on the your third hmm? oh yeah but the third thing is that <laughs> is that it's instead of like the one big pocket in the front it has two side pockets mm. so you stick your hands in the pocket it's like little coat pockets on the side so it feels mm. special. It doesn't have that like, you know, that like pocket in the front is sometimes a little bit unflattering. So and here's my question though. Like saggy. Yep. I hear you. Is, mm-hmm. I fully agree. Hate the saggy front po- pocket. Would much hate prefer it. a side pocket. Just throw the keys yeah. in there. It doesn't need to sag by, yeah. your, by your fupa. So here's my yeah. question. Is the pockets that it's like unique and special or like because it serves a purpose? Because it serves a purpose. Because I like it's to have useful. pockets. Like, don't give me one big pocket in the front. I'm not going to throw my phone and my keys and my wallet all in the same pocket. That's anarchy. Right. I need would do things to be separated. Give me the, the right pocket. I'll put my keys in there. The left pocket, I'll put my wallet in there. And, you know, the phone I'll just put in my, my pants pocket. Because and you good. and I are not the same. You do not carry a purse like I do. No. <laughs> Could you imagine? No way. <laughs> I do not. No, I wear men's clothing and I have short hair and people call me sir. So, which <laughs> I like, love. Sure, uh, like you're so I cool. love it. I'm like fine with it. <laughs> Give me a I little bit of male privilege for one second. <laughs> like, is this what it's like to be a male white? Oh, white yeah, black? like call me sir and pay me 30% more than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Okay, so the last question is, okay, this might sound weird at first describe your favorite body of water and that could be like a stream that you love or a river that's mm-hmm. really cool or an ocean that you've been to but like it has to be like a very specific place you can't just be like i love oceans like it's not that right but like which body of water when you think of like a body of water that you were just like in awe of or that you loved which one was yeah. that and three reasons why uh the east river in new york city okay. which is like the dirtiest body of water in yeah, the world literally i'm like if okay. if they drain that thing they would have just like generations of mafia skeletons in there thousand humans disgusting and like ju- it's the worst it's yeah. radioactive but it absolutely is Could the see- east river was always like it was always so beautiful on the days that i would 
get in the train. Like I, I lived in Brooklyn for most of my time in New York. And so I would get on the train and I would cross like on the M train, I would cross the East river. Trust me. I get it. I'm a Queens girl. Oh yeah, girl. You know it. You know it. That that fucking, there's nothing better than that view from the subway. If you look up and you're over the river and it's just like, you see the skyline. It's incredible. It's fucking unbelievable. There's nothing that compares to that. Or when you're in a cab going across the Queensboro bridge, you've had a few drinks. It's nighttime. You kind of look behind you a little bit out the passenger window of a cab and you see that fucking skyline and it's just like the best feeling ever. So yeah, the East river in New York city. It had, it, 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 oh my God, you're like making me nostalgic. So mm-hmm. I lived in my apartment almost the whole time I was there. I lived there for nine yeah. years and I lived there for almost, or eight and a half years. And I lived there for almost 10 years. Our, I lived there for 10 years. So yeah, yeah. for me, what's really funny is that when we moved into the apartment, we had never lived in Queens, me and my roommate at the time. And so anytime we were going over the bridge, we used to do this thing where like, anytime we got to this specific post that had graffiti on it, we would Mm -hmm. flip around in the back seat of the cab and like kids like hang over the back of the car and just like stare out the window. Stare. Because it just got more and more incredible as the the panoramic kind of came into view over that bridge as you're going into Queens or, or as you're going into Brooklyn. It's unbelievable. There's nothing like that in the entire world. There's nothing like it. And I would just, I would drink it in every single time. I would never not look. Never not. Even years into being in New York, I would never not look when I was in the train or when I was in a cab. So that's, that's my favorite body of water. That terrible, disgusting river. And you know, it's so funny because like, have you ever seen The Great Gatsby? Yeah. There's a quote in it where he says, there's no view in the world like entering Manhattan from the Queensboro bridge. And I'm yeah. like, that was written in like the thirties and I still feel Oh yeah. Weird. It's always been that way. It's I mean, just it's, sparkling. It's, it's just like, oh my God. It's like, well, it's like, it does, it sparkles. make yourself here. Like, yeah. come, like do it. Make yourself or get the fuck out. Like that's and what that's it tells thing, you. Like, so it's really funny. So my sister just moved to New Mexico and then I still want to get back to the body of water, but my sister just moved to New Mexico in Taos and there's this massive mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And she says that, you know, it's a very indigenous space, you know, right. they're very respectful of the culture, like hugely. And that's very prominent and respected as like upkeeping this yeah. tremendous respect for the culture. And it's like one of the largest, um, it's not reservations. What is it where they have like the home that is just like a community anyway so uh yeah like a tribe yeah yeah i'm gonna fuck it up there's like a a tribal center or yeah it's like this adobe commune in essence where like all Mm -hmm. these families live it's the largest one in the united states and it's on this mountain in taos anyway so it's funny because she says that if you go to taos and you have like an easy time settling in and everything goes well and you meet people and you're enjoying it and everything's great then the idea of the land and everyone that lives there is that the mountain has accepted you and if you Mm. go and things are like challenging and this isn't working this isn't working and uh then the mountain has rejected you and people are like how do you know if the mountain has rejected you and it's like oh you'll know like your car will break down your tires will blow out your Mm. like windows will shatter randomly like the mountain Mm -hmm. fully rejects you and people like race out of town and i'm like man if that's not the same with new york like you it really is yeah you are either accepted or it'll it'll fucking it'll it'll either reject you or it'll accept you either way is going to be hard 
but, but it's also, it always yeah. rejects you at first and you have to decide if you're oh, yeah. like, i'm gonna win you over or if you're like yeah Fuck, are you in for it or do you just want to leave and yeah. it's fine to leave but it, yeah. it's like i Not love i absolutely loved all of the little like mini challenges you'd go on every day it's like being in a video game you know like and it's really funny because i kept shit. in touch with all my friends here and i think that people are like oh yeah, it's easy. She's just like going to work. And then I think that like, they don't see the things that we see when we're like living no. here, which is like, did you have to see a guy shitting into a grate and like ask him? Yeah. To yeah. Or like some it? nightmare transit situation. This train's closed. That train's closed. You got to fucking figure it out. Like it's hot or it's really cold. There's never we're getting any, like any a citizen train. alert. That's like, there's been a yeah, it's just at your like, subway station. You're yeah, like, I guess I'll go to the other shit, one. Like I didn't even care about that. I was just like, okay, well, is the train running? Like, you know, yeah it's like i guess i'll walk yeah. to the other one it's like yeah so it's, funny. it's constant constant obstacles and i miss them so oh. much <laughs> i miss it like it so it's funny because like i i don't regret moving here but like i do i miss it with like my fingernails to Me my too. everything like mm-hmm. there is not a cell in my body that doesn't feel completely out of place not running to the subway and you know yeah. what? i i truly just miss walking outside and going and getting a coffee i would do yeah. fucking anything for that or walking across the street into a restaurant not a restaurant or, or a restaurant but like mm-hmm. um a grocery store and like it's yeah. so weird that like if i want to make dinner i have to like seek it out like it's yeah. so crazy to me it's, it's like, the whole thing everything's a fucking thing here. like that it's like more stressful having space and time to think you know i don't like that i like having no space and no fucking time to think well it's more like nothing but time to think having restaurants i keep saying restaurants having grocery stores so close to you i could be like oh my god i just read this recipe that's so fun i'm gonna go make it and just run across the street and buy the ingredients and it's like i can't do that here also i don't go to your little sea town yeah road car i don't have a license okay let's go back so your favorite body of water is the east river i understand uh-huh. what you were explaining to me but i need three words to describe it um it is it's just it's shiny you know i think it's it was shiny it was picturesque on the worst day and i think it's like it's like full of secrets you know it's like oh, gretchen wiener's hair yeah. yeah so have you ever done this before this mm-hmm. these Those questions? questions no i haven't i have not okay, so it's actually a personality test really oh god so your favorite animal reveals the way you view yourself and you chose okay. dogs and you said they're desperately in love hilarious <laughs> and incredibly smart okay. wow amazing <laughs> is that not so awesome? i love that this is a better outcome than I thought. Desperately in love, hilarious, incredibly smart. I mean, that's my resume right there. I mean, you asked for an <laughs> elevator pitch, you got it. And dog. That's it. That's all you need in life. <laughs> okay, so your favorite article of clothing is how others perceive you. And you said connected to Jen, mm-hmm. keep you on your toes, and useful. Wow, I love that. This is turning out really well. Yeah, just you're not gonna like the next one. <laughs> okay, I'm sure I won't. <laughs> okay, so the next one, your favorite body of water. I'm gonna start with what you said so that I can just say it back to you before I tell you what it means. You mm-hmm. said the East River and you said it was shiny, 
picturesque and full of secrets. And that describes how you view sex. <laughs> Shiny, picturesque, wow. and full of secrets. I guess with the right camera filter, who knows? I mean, shiny uh, picturesque. I'm here for it. Okay, that's incredible. Fine. Okay, great. Well, two so out of three ain't bad. That's great. I love that. So, if you have not, do you have anything else to contribute to the conversation? If not, we're going to end with one thing, and then we can. No, have- I think I think I'm good. I think we've we've thoroughly explained to your audience everything that I care about. So, well, there you go. Except for the fact that like I'm <laughs> your favorite person on the planet, and right? Of course. Okay, obviously. so what, what I'm really saying is we can <laughs> dive into. Okay, so I have some rapid fire words for you, and okay. I curated them for you, and also for the cultural timeliness. I don't know the okay. answer to almost any of these and i'm very interested to hear what they are try to keep them to one word but just like first thing that you think of it doesn't have to be one word but just like don't even filter yourself okay are you Mm -hmm. ready do you want to shoot it off are you like you good to go i'm good i'm ready to go (laughs) all right there's i don't know how many there are one two three maybe like 15 okay? okay bridgerton bridgerton terrible gratitude hmm overrated (laughs) fuck yeah melania no (laughs) los angeles it's fine st louis never been there wait really i mean i have it's been too long to really yeah i fucked that one up all right nebraska (laughs) no from nebraska i know there's no reason to go back though oh i was like maybe she'll say home okay let's say it's it's uh it's it's average okay that's mm-hmm. the same okay uh kansas city awesome football love it <laughs> difficult corporate no <laughs> These are all yes and no. Are these just my reactions? Okay, corporate. Uh, gray would be the word that I associate with okay, that. Okay, okay. Netflix. Important. <laughs> Crystalia. Uh, a fucking dirt bag. And you liked him for years, but that's okay. Uh, like we'll cover that later. not correct. I you were obsessed with him. him. Yeah. No Absolute longer. dirt bag. We have two more. Coffee. Okay. I gave it up. Did you really? Yeah, I don't drink coffee anymore. Are you well? I'm fine. Okay, last one, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I will literally dance in the street when he dies. How's that? Okay, well, I'm here for that. <laughs> Sarah, you are one of my favorite people on the planet. I, if anybody, I mean, I don't really know if my following has Twitter, but I hope that they do. Sarah, I have told you this so many times. You are the funniest person on Twitter. And I'm not saying that because you're my friend, because I swear to God, I want to say the opposite so badly because you're my friend. I want (laughs) to be like, fuck you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like, you really are the reason I open Twitter. I go, I open Twitter and I go to your name and I look at what you said because I howl laughing. Like, I don't even like (laughs) giggle. I like am like suffocating like oh i've gotten my workout in for the day oh, like that's, that's what happens when i'm going through your twitter like you're that's what a I go for. genius i'm very happy that you have the time to construct such 
comedy. Um, mm. But more than anything, thank you for being my first guest. I think that people probably, that what's funny is like the OGs totally miss us together. And oh, yeah. new people are like, who the fuck is this bitch? Like, who is the, who the fuck? What's her name? Sarah yeah. Why do we care about her? Yeah. But we care about you now and we love you. And I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you for being my first guest. There's no Thank one else I'm more comfortable with and had more fun with. And I think everybody should go, even if you have $5, $1, $2, mm-hmm. like literally anything counts because Netflix, like she said, will be doubling it. So that means that your donation actually is worth three times as much. So go donate. Yeah. Uh, where can we find the link? Where can we find you, Sarah? Yeah, you can find all the information on my Instagram. Uh, my handle is at the Sarah York. Um, and I, it's very, very simple. It's my my most recent post on Maine. Like, you, you can't miss it. It's really, really easy to donate. And then my and Twitter handle is the nice thing is that this same. comes out in two weeks, which means you're not going to have posted since then because you never posted on Instagram. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, I do a lot. Of, I do stories, but I don't really do Maine posts anymore. And then my Twitter handle is the same, at the Sarah York. So Sarah feel free to follow me there. Sarah, I love you so much. I love you too, my friend. This is great. Very good to see you. And scene. I hope that you guys enjoyed the first episode of this stories version of the Daily Hype podcast. Next week, we have my friend Shannon Laco, who's coming on to talk about what it's like to live in Ketchikan, Alaska, what it's like to have a best-selling book on Amazon that she self-published, how she's adopting, what that process looks like, pageant industry and being Miss New York and so many other crazy stories. It is it's crazy story after crazy story after crazy story. And I'm so excited for you to listen. Make sure to support Roar by checking out Sarah's profile and contributing there. Thank you guys for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple. Tell your friends and family and we will see you next week.